Hey, what's up, builders? It's your girl, Kay Antoinette, the blogger. And if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, let's get into the episode. Hey, what's up, builders? It's your girl, Kay Antoinette, the blogger, and you are now listening to the LBF podcast. This is episode 14 of season two called The Infamous Reputation of Daddy Issues. And I have a returning honorary LBF co-host, guest, all that esteem or whatever you want to call her. You want to introduce yourself real quick? Y'all know who it is. Best friend in the building. <laughs> That's how, how they know you, best friend. Of course. You know. Well, some people know me as Shakira. Some people know me as Danny. You know. But most people know me as best friend. On here, at least. I'm about to say on here. So, I, we gonna jump right into it. Yeah, so, man. give me one second. So we're both kind of nervous about this topic because it is a very touchy subject for both of us in different ways. Yeah, it's very deep, very much. We're going to be vulnerable, be open with you. So in order to get the audience, you guys, my builders, comfortable, I'll share my stuff first. So the way I came about this topic was um, I was sitting at my work desk one day and it, it was a day that someone... I did something that I was dating previously. I had stopped talking to this person and it was bothering me. And I was like, why am I so bothered by this? And then I thought about the fact that the behavior that the person was exhibiting wasn't new behavior, that it was something that I saw multiple times when we were dating and or trying to date or talking to each other, whatever you want to call it nowadays. But I asked myself, okay, why did you allow this person to do this for so long? You know, you're upset about the results of this person, you know, doing this, but this wasn't something that was new. So then I I sat there and I was working, doing monotonous work, but I was thinking, and it was a, a question that my counselor asked me a few weeks back. And she was like, you know, try to figure out the ways that your parents' relationship is reflected in your dating life. And it was something that sounds easy enough, but it wasn't easy for me to like really get into the the deep part of how I'm, I'm participating in the patterns that I have issues with. Right. So then I thought, well, I always, I'm always taught to forgive. So the daddy issues part of it goes beyond abandonment. I had a father in the house. He was married to my mother. They were married for 30 plus years. So when they had me, I was the last child, you know, so the family was already set. And he battled with alcoholism and substance abuse. And he had a tendency 
to get aggressive, to get violent, um, and to be very verbally abusive. Now, it wasn't heavy physical abuse, you know, it was pushing and stuff like that, but it, it was still terror for a young child not understanding how to handle that level of, of I don't know, emotion and that level of just violence, in a sense, at that age. But what I remember was me and my dad, we had a great relationship. You know, I was the baby girl, you know, the baby. So I have a lot of amazing and a lot of great memories with him. But one thing I do remember is I was always one of the first people in the house to forgive him. So let's say he came home drunk one day and he, you know, cursed everybody out and terrorized my mom everybody would go off in their corners and cry. And then he would, you know, be all apologetic and nobody was ready to forgive him. So I was usually the first person to forgive him. And I can't, I remember one time I went in my parents' room and he had really just been a butthole that day, like really just terrorized us that day. And I went and my mom, he was like, you know, you are always forgiving me because you're my baby. And my mom was like, of course she's going to forgive you, you know, that's your baby girl. And that's kind of what I learned. So to take that and think about the relationships I have, I do that same thing. And so what worked for me and my dad when I was a child and what ultimately worked for our relationship in my adulthood, if I'm honest, too, it doesn't translate. Oh, I'm sorry, y'all, that was my speaker. <laughs> but it doesn't translate so well um, into my dating world. And it's a lot of things that happened in my childhood that continuously show up. One of the things that I used to celebrate was when I'm in a heated debate with a romantic partner, their voice can't go above a certain octave with me. And I thought that was a good thing because I never saw my mom stand up for herself in that way. But when I look at it, it's like I'm not even allowing that person to express their emotion. If they're angry, it's okay to be angry as long as you're not being violent. But for me, I go into fight or flight and I automatically look at it as a threat because of that experience from my childhood. So when it comes to daddy issues, I think people need to have a conversation not just centered around the abandonment of it, but if your father was present and present not always in a healthy way, how is that showing up in your other connections with people that you're dating and having friendships with and trying to build something with? Because when I had that aha moment, it was like, oh my God, like this is what my issues are. You know, it, it really just made me feel like, I was enlightened to myself and it's still something that, you know, we'll get into it a little bit deeper, but I don't know, like what it, when I brought this topic to you, what was your first thought? Oh, hell. <laughs> well, that's honest. <laughs> um, I really don't like to talk about it because my dad wasn't there, so... Mm -hmm. It brings up all those bad feelings right. that I've suppressed over the years. Um, and mine is, my issue is mostly abandonment. 
because, you know, he was in an inconsistency as well because he was in and out. Um, and he abandoned me, like, even to this day. But um, How is that showing up in, like, how you're dating and connected with men? Oh, Lord Jesus. <laughs> what you do, I was going to ask. <laughs> um, my dad was a sweet talker, so I tend to... Gravitate. Go, gravitate towards the sweet talker, the one that can kind of smooth it over. You know, even if I'm really upset, someone that knows just what to say mm. to make me laugh or, you know, to make me calm again, you know, to come back in the door when it's like almost closed. Oh, uh, yeah. So it's like... Especially with the inconsistency. Yeah. And the the biggest the biggest thing was when I met um Jordan's dad and like I saw the resemblance and I still like I still had a baby with him mm-hmm. and it's like damn if I would have known what I know now some of this stuff and it's like literally like they are identical uh I mean but you you recognize that you know Late, but yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, I I did too, because the way that it translates for me is, you know, if I got conditioned to forgive toxic behavior, mm-hmm. that's what I'm going to keep perpetuating. And so when it comes to men who I should, that was the thing too. It's like, why do I keep these men around past their expiration date, right? Mm-hmm. Like, why do I continuously keep, you know, I call it patience, but it's really a part of like enabling them mm-hmm. to and having them be keep a place in my life that they didn't earn. Um, and like I said, like me forgiving my dad, that's a dad, that, that's a father-daughter relationship. Mm-hmm. It worked for what it was, right. you know? But taking that into a romantic sense, it was me allowing people to exhibit these behaviors, a lot of these unhealthy behaviors. And they look different from my dad in a lot of ways. But it was the pattern that I learned to forgive and excuse behaviors that weren't healthy for me Mm -hmm. for the sake of not having that person feel alone, having that person feel like I understood them, having that person feel like I cared, having that person feel like, you know, they were worth forgiveness. Right. And the important part I realized was, I mean, you can forgive and not keep the connection open, but I had also been conditioned to keep the connection open. (laughs) You know, it was my dad. So I took all of that and I applied that to my relationships with other men. And I thought it was normal. Mm -hmm. That's scary to think about how, how influenced we are. And I got a couple of, um, you know, uh, some feedback from when I posted it on social media. And uh, one of the people, shout out to Jessica, she, you know, explained that it is a part of the attachment theory. Mm-hmm. So if you're not familiar with, you know, attachment and how that uh, that plays out into different parts of your life, you have different forms of attachment. I'm not going to read them all off because I don't know them all off the top of my head. But you have secure attachment. You have insecure attachment. Then you have avoidant, I think, dismissive. And so you get into all these levels of how those first relationships with your parents, with learning to love the opposite sex, influence how you connect with other people and what you allow in those connections. And if you're not careful, if you don't really look back and understand 
what was going on in the relationship that you first was able to understand what love was, you know, Mm -hmm. what was going on in that relationship, you might be stuck in patterns that may not be healthy for you. Right. I know one of the biggest things for me is like when, when I was younger, like, I didn't want to just, like, be like, I don't have a dad or whatever. So, in order, like, in my mind to be like, oh, yeah, that's my dad, da 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 mm-hmm. I dismissed his behavior and just went off of the times where he was present or whatever. And mm-hmm. I do that a lot. <laughs> Dismissing the behavior. You know, just, just to have somebody around and be able to say that you have someone or you have a dad or whatever. That toxic shit, but um, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's real though. I swear, I swear. I was just like, cause you know when it's time to let somebody go, but you keep them around because it feels good. Really, because it's been normalized. Like my mom, I remember, you know, not to put all our business out there, but he, here we are. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I had to be twelve or thirteen. And she had got divorce papers. She had got to a point where she felt like she was fed up and she sat us down and she said, you know, how do you feel about, you know, if I take this step? I'm like, go for it, girl. (laughs) But she never took that step, you know, and she'll tell you to this day, like she, you know, once my dad got sick and everything, she fell back in love with him, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, love isn't perfect, but there are some real effects of having like choosing to stay right and like i said i think when people hear daddy issues they automatically think that the father wasn't involved mm-hmm. and it's not all on the father because i will be doing one called mommy issues when i work up the oh, courage Lord. for that <laughs> i'll probably be back y'all i'll work up the courage for that one <laughs> and uh we'll get into it but Oof. yeah it's like what are the effects of the person's presence because you learn, you still learn whether they're there or they're not. So what I learned was, like you said, to dismiss a lot of this behavior that wasn't healthy. I learned to, and I learned unhealthy ways of coping too. Mm-hmm. So that's where my anxiety came from. Yep. That fight or flight, that's something I'm still working on, still working through in counseling, understanding how to really apply that to everyday life and not feel as though... If something goes wrong with a person, that is my fault. You know, um, that was something that was a part of the household, too, where it's like you didn't know which dad he was getting today. You know, you didn't know if he was going to be in a good mood or if he was going to be in a bad mood. So when he came home, if he was in a bad mood, everybody on eggshells, everybody on eggshells. Right. You learn to adapt and you learn to not express yourself. And that was a a problem I had in my early 20s where if I was upset with something, then I didn't express it because this person, you know, we're already in a bad space. I'm not going to tell him how I really feel because I don't want to lose this person. I don't want this person to get more upset with me. All that can be traced back to my childhood and learning how to behave around men yep. and so mm, i don't know <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll chime in, baby. go ahead <laughs> but i also um realized that the kind of like i'm not good enough complex oh yeah that's where i get that from it's linked to him because like it's like 
I'm not good enough for you to stay around. I'm not good enough for you to be in my life and mm-hmm. show me off to the world. And right, you know. And then when I get into relationships, you know, if if they're not expressing their love for me in a certain way, or if they're not present, and I'm still like, well, damn, I'm not good enough. You but I still up, stay. Yeah. You know, I I still stay and try to make you see me because you're trying to win the person. You know, and yeah. I'm just like I'm I'm tired I'm tired of competing. I'm listen, <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> I can't do it no more. Can't do this no more. <laughs> Y'all know we usually joke. We so serious with this stuff. Uh, it, it's, it's heavy in here. Room, <laughs> it's, it's heavy. Hard. It's heavy in this in this room. <laughs> We had no drinky drink or nothing. Nothing, y'all. Just one candle lit. That's it. <laughs> Not the one candle. Who? Okay. So the other part of that, and we'll get back to the heavy stuff too. Mm-hmm. But I, I do want to say, you know, it go. It's it's a lot of levels to this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, women aren't the only ones with daddy issues. So I've been asking men as much as I ask women, and they'll say, you know, what they learned masculinity was. Like, usually their answers are centered around the fact that I learned in unhealthy ways what it meant to be a man. Those Mm -hmm. are are my daddy issues and having to unlearn some of that stuff. So that toxic masculinity, that extra aggressiveness, um, learning how to treat women if I learned in a, in a, a way that wasn't healthy for me, then not expressing emotions, not express. We had a whole conversation. I did a uh, shout out to the relationship status podcast, but we had a whole conversation about men not crying and not feeling. Well, from my point of view, I feel like men get in friendships and they don't feel safe in expressing their emotions mm-hmm. in vulnerable ways, like crying or even just saying, Hey, like, I'm really hurt. Like, I feel like right. that's hard for a lot of men to do. And I asked, I think I asked um, one of my coworkers or a couple of my coworkers, actually. And um, he was like, you know, same thing. Why would I, why I need to cry? You know, but he was raised by an older men. And I was just like, did he cry? And he was like, no. It's like, okay. It's really interesting that. You don't think you think this is a part of your personality, right? This is a function of your personality that you naturally came to without being influenced by the people who raised you. (laughs) So that in itself, you know, could potentially be an issue, you know, later on for for people learning these um, these behaviors and never looking at it as a problem, you know. And then it's showing up in their relationships and in things of that nature. <laughs> so, <laughs> how do you think men have daddy issues? And we don't have no any men in here. I wish I had got at least one, but you know, y'all can y'all can gather us if we wrong after the episode airs. But how do you think men have uh, daddy issues? Oh, so many. <laughs> <laughs> um but the not expressing emotion stuff like you feel like you got to be hard all the time like Mm -hmm. it's just like oh i'm the man and i take care of this i go to work i do this this and this but what about emotions like expressing to me why you love me why you want to be with me you know why you do the things that you do like why we can't communicate and have a conversation you know you always just Worrying about being a provider. Yes, that. 
<laughs> we shady. I don't care. Y'all need to do but better. But it's the truth. Like, the fuck wrong with you? Eat me. Sorry. <laughs> but, um. Damn. I lost my train of thought. Uh, <laughs> the issues that men have. Daddy issues. Just being, <laughs> being aggressive all the time. Like, you. Like, what, what's Relax. Wrong with you? Like, chill out. <laughs> when like, did you learn you this? to do all that? Yeah. Just chill out. Like, always got to listen to certain types of music. Like, you can't ever listen to, like, some mellow shit. Yeah. Some R&B stuff. Like, everything got to be cussing, killing, and drugs. Like, can can we have a moment, sir? I'm just, <laughs> I just want to know. I'm just asking. But that's really all I can think of right at, at this moment. Y'all. I'm, I'm struggling. This, <laughs> this is hard for me. <laughs> Wait, okay, so overall what daddy issues do you think a lot of women have abandonment is i feel like that's number one um and having to sweep stuff under the rug as far as like expressing yourself in a certain type of way Mm -hmm. like um, with me, like, like I said, my dad was like a sweet talker. Mm-hmm. So he was a sweet talker with my mom. And like a lot of the stuff, like she didn't show me because she swept it under the rug. Mm-hmm. And I learned about later in life, but just like him not being there, but him like being able to say, Oh, I had to work when he was really with the, his other family or him popping up with a gift or, you know, him making me laugh or whatever. Right. And me just, like, having to hide the fact that I'm upset with him. But, you know, now he's made me laugh or he got me something or he took me shopping or whatever. And now I'm good again. Just like in relationships. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he come home with some gifts. He come home with a bag and some shoes. Now you good. Johnny Walton. Um, <laughs> Girl, we get we get snacks. That's probably why. <laughs> He'll come and put up some music on. Did did he want to dance with my mom? It's like I, you know, we notice the outrageous bad behaviors, but mm-hmm. it's the small stuff that we learn that we pick up on and that we start allowing into these connections with other people. And when you really sit there and you think about it, it's like, damn, like this For is really like it's y'all is it is y'all it's something to the psychology shit okay i know y'all like to think that y'all y'all own people that y'all make y'all own conscious decisions but it's a lot of stuff subconsciously that you probably are doing than the shit that they teach you in intro site and all that like when you actually pick apart your life layer by layer man so the other side i can't remember who gave me this one so I think a woman gave me this one, actually. I think, shout out to Neek. She said, daddy issues are like, you know, for females or women, it's uh, being spoiled and wanting men to treat you just as your father treated you with love, cuddling, affection, gifts, um, without regard for the context of the parental relationship. So as far as like having all that doting on you, because when it's a father daughter, the daughter really doesn't have to do anything in return. She just can receive, you know, mm-hmm. as long as she's loving her parent, as long as she's being respectful, she can allow her, her dad to spoil her and spoil her and spoil her without ever having to really give anything in return. And he'll be perfectly fine with that relationship because that's his daughter. 
On the other hand, when you take that into a romantic relationship context, does it really work? Well, you're asking me. First <laughs> yeah. of all, I didn't even receive any of that. Like, I mean, yeah, but I'm saying for... This. I'm just saying, like, it's levels. <laughs> and on, on my side, I didn't receive, like, the love, the hugs, and the stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I barely saw him. So, like, when he... Like, we may have, like, did the greeting hug type stuff, but we never, like, really spent time and connected and had conversations. Mm-hmm. So, like, I've always kind of, like, been, like, super strong. So, mm-hmm. like, I'm affectionate, but in relationships, like, I automatically, I'm automatically dominant in some way, in most ways. Oh, I get that from my dad. I'll, I'll discuss that in a minute. And, um, so, the whole spoiling piece... But I'm saying for for what we see out here, it's not for us. We know that didn't happen with us. But I'm saying for how we, you've known a female that's or a woman that's been spoiled by her father. You know what I'm saying? How does that look? And is there some truth in this statement that women often feel like they're entitled to some of the things yeah. that their father gave them and other men? Yeah. Is that healthy? No. <laughs> well, you had it just so like quick. just like. You know. Oh yeah, the mommy. The, the yeah, the, I'm cooking, cleaning, and feel uh, like you're supposed to be his mom. Yeah, no, it's none of that is good. Yeah, when you put none it like that, that okay, mm-hmm. just like I'm not gonna be your mama. I'm not. No, this is a new. This is 2020. Okay, first of all, I work just like you do. So if we can't share these responsibilities, you got to go the other way. Okay. If I'm too tired to cook, you better you better figure and it out. And if you're spoiling me, I'm spoiling you. Yeah. So I'm not expecting you to do above and beyond but sometimes i i want you to go above and beyond but not all the time i don't expect you to just shower me and you don't get anything in return yeah and it's gonna be like i said the context of of the relate the nature of the relationship is different Mm -hmm. it's some stuff your father is probably going to give you you know as a healthy good father doting on you that your significant other isn't that's not their responsibility right you know, so and to put that on somebody is not fair. Right. And that goes for both ways, like we said. Right. Like because it's a lot of men out here you think that you're supposed to have a woman that got a full time job. You First out here all, looking she, for your mom. You better go to her house, knock on her door. Look, you pay think her a visit. Cooking, cleaning, doing the laundry, folding it, putting it up for you. Uh First of all, you uh-huh. know, you know how how long it take me if I wash the clothes. Here some clothes in they still right now. <laughs> it takes me a minute, but that's the thing. Like if I have a partner that if I wash clothes, you fold them. You wash clothes, I fold them. Wash dishes, so so on and so forth. If we can't have a good partnership, then what are we doing? You making my life a little bit harder, and it's no point. It's really no that point. That means to I this. need to be by myself. Yeah. So okay. I can see. So, it's some truth there. Like, fellas, male builders, y'all let us know, like, yeah. if you've ran into... We need y'all to chime in. We need y'all to come be a part of the podcast, too. They have. Like, you. I don't know if you remember, like, a couple of episodes back. It was a couple of episodes back. Probably when I first started season two. And I was like, I want male builders. But when I look back through my roster, I've had more men on this season I than mean, anybody else. I know that, else. we still need more. I mean, yeah, of course. Of course. We need, we need y'all to come, come on. Come on. You're welcomed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, mm, child, we, we running through it. <gasps> we do it. We doing better. Up, We're doing better than what we thought we were yeah, going to be doing. So. Much better. Okay. So, getting back to that piece where, oh, mm-hmm. the vulnerability. So, like you said, um, with my dad, 
like when when I was younger, was it? Yeah, it was affectionate. Like our relationship was really affectionate. I think once, you know, because as I grew older too, I started understanding stuff more, and he got a little bit worse anyway. But um, I started withdrawing a little bit with my affection. I don't. I think to kind of protect myself, just mm-hmm. in case my feelings didn't get hurt Same. if he, you know, disappointed me with his behavior. And so that translated into once I became an adult, mm-hmm. me and my dad, like, you know, he'd tell me he loved me all the time. Um, but as far as, like, being able to go to him, have, like, an, a real emotional you know, conversation outside of me telling him he needed to do better <laughs> with some stuff. Like, I can't remember a conversation of me talking to him about men. And so in that way, I feel like that kind of became his own thing with my vulnerability issues. And that's something I'm still trying to figure out how that works. But I can definitely see how it's linked to the fact that I reserve myself a lot mm-hmm. because I don't want to put myself out there to get hurt. Right. Because of that initial thing is like, you know, I can love you. Because another part of this, too, that I'm, damn, I'm, I'm, I'm remembering the conversation mm-hmm. I went to have as I'm trying to have it. But another part of it was, you know, I keep people around because I can still see the good in them. Because mm-hmm. I had to see the good in my dad. Right. And he was good. You know, he was human. Yeah. Made a lot of mistakes, but he did a lot of good, too. And it was like, even in his worst moments, I was like, but I just. You know, I just had a good moment with this person yesterday. This still my 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 dad, still my person, and so I take that and I apply that to men in a way where it's just like it helps me hang on a lot longer than I'm supposed to, mm-hmm. because I'm like, okay, they did something wrong today, but we just had a whole good month, you know, right. or this person is still at their core. I use that shit a lot. At their core, they're still good. <laughs> they still good I'm just like girl they don't matter what are they showing you how are they making you actually feel you know if you're starting to get anxious around somebody because they're you know mistreating you in some way and it could be something very subtle passive aggressiveness condescending I talk about that often because that shit pissed me off but if it could be something very subtle and if it's starting to affect the way that you can express yourself to this person. That's a problem. But that's a problem that I've been having over and over and over again because I've been conditioned to think it's normal mm-hmm. to just continue to look at only the good. Right. Like you can look at the good and be like, you can be good over there. Okay. Because I'm like I said, you got to think about the context of the parental relationship. That worked for me and my dad. I only had one of those. Right. It's a million of y'all out here. For real. <laughs> Trade y'all in every time y'all okay, act up. Okay, <laughs> next. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's something to that. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, I was, as you were talking, I was thinking, um, I know that. If you don't lean up and speak with some I confidence into um, this mat, mic. Hey, man. <laughs> it's, it's, it's touchy for me. So, anyways. Um. Like I said, as you were talking, it just popped in my head, like, why I go for the same kind of guy. Um, I never addressed my problems with my dad. Mm-hmm. I always, you know, when we see each other, we laugh and keep it moving. You know, I might, we might talk about what's going on currently, but we never address, like, the deep-rooted issues. He knows there's an issue. I know there's an issue, but 
he'll bring up something to make me laugh or he'll talk about something that happened in my childhood that was funny or a good memory. Right. And we'll kind of, like, brush past it. Um, But I've never truly expressed to him, like, why I'm angry and why (laughs) I don't talk to him and stuff like that. And it's like... I don't. I haven't addressed it at the core, and it keeps showing up in everybody else. That do I you think. do you feel like you're ready for that? No, I, I, I feel like I'm getting there, but I'm not ready. Cause I don't want to be angry. I don't want to. I don't want to lash out, even though I know that yeah. I can. I can if I wanted to, but I don't. I want to actually be in a have an adult, adult conversation, conversation. You know, and just truly let him know how I feel but yeah I'm like 80% right now I remember it it was a big blowout with me and my dad um I felt in a sense I was protecting my mom and so that was when everything came out it kind of like spilled over out Mm -hmm. of me um because I was just so emotional so angry in the moment and I told him everything I was like, if I ever meet a man like you, I'm going to kill him. Well, <laughs> you better hope nobody treat me like you treat you my go. mom. And so, you know, I mean, it was a lot of stuff. And, and some of it was just to be hurtful, but most of it was honest. Yeah. And, um, you know, he I could tell he was affected by my words. And for a while after that, you know, I wasn't talking to him. He was trying to make amends with it. And... Eventually, we got back to a relationship, but what I realized was, you know, I I never had that emotional talk with my dad, and I'm not missing out on anything not having it, simply because I made peace with the nature of our, our relationship, mm-hmm. so it wasn't perfect, but I did have a lot, you know, I had a lot, like I said, good stuff there too, so I look at that for what it was, but I do think that Sometimes the closure that you need is a personal journey. Mm-hmm. And, like, this probably is, like, like the first step, like, really thinking about how that relationship is affecting everything else. And then humanizing your parents, too. And finding a way to, like, forgive them through all the bullshit because, yeah. let me tell you something. I'm working. I'm, I'm that working. ain't easy. I'm like I said, I'm 80%. I have my good days and bad days, mm-hmm. um, especially, like, when I'm triggered, I go back to step one sometimes. Cause, step one? Wait, no, wait. <laughs> wait what's, the, what's the song? Step one? What, man? What's, what's that Brian Don't McKnight that. song? Don't do that on my own. Step one, you're like a dream come true. Is that words? Two, just want to be with <laughs> You gonna do this right Three. now? This episode? <laughs> Look, I'm trying to, because I really don't think he says still. Only, only one for me. Yeah. Four, get your ass out my door. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tell these men what? when they come with these patterns, man. I swear. Mm, <laughs> All right. Damn. Oh. I know for the other one for men. I'm sorry, y'all. That was a long pause. Because <laughs> um, I'm looking at my notes. I was stuck too, y'all. The, <laughs> the other one for men was, you know, not having that f- affection too from their fathers. Yeah. And how they, you know, learn not to have that emotional mm-hmm. um, attachment be so visible. Because they never... So I, I think I was talking in, talking to several guys, actually. And it was like, yeah, my dad, I don't, the last time he said I love you 
What? That's one thing I can't say about Johnny Walton. He he made sure even if he was messed up the day before, he would tell us and he would tell me how much he loved me and everybody else. So, I mean, it is a blessing. And I think those are the moments that I can hold on to to kind of heal from a lot of that stuff. But I think about the people who who don't have those moments, don't have those good memories, and how it is, it's making it that much harder to heal and to yeah. grow from that relationship and to, to really just stop the, those patterns that they've learned um, moving forward in their connections. Yeah. I also... Um... I don't, I don't know if I heard I love you like that. I mean, I did, but it was really hard for me to believe it. So I used to just, if I said it back, I used to be like, okay, yeah, whatever. Um, and I noticed that I do that a lot. Mm. Um, with, like, if someone tells me something, like, if they don't put any action behind it, I just don't believe it. Uh, well, it is a, it is a space for words because sometimes the actions have to. I don't know. Mm, I had to think about that one. It's a space for words. I mean, but if you tell me you love me, I should be able to feel it in your actions too. So I don't. I don't know. You you don't feel like you feel like somebody has told you that they love you and they haven't. I just feel like people say it just to say it. Or just to say that they say it. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, we've been talking long enough. About time. Or you off the phone, this is what I'm supposed to say. I'm conditioned yeah. to say I love you when I, when we get off the phone. That's like when people start calling you bae too soon. Like, yeah. boy, if boy, we just start talking last week. What are you right. doing? Stop doing that shit out here. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I don't know. What it's else? like if I, if I fuck with you and, like, if I know you and we have a we have a relationship, then your words mean a lot. I mm-hmm. hold on to them. But I also and that's another thing I get from him. Well, our relationship as well. Like holding on to shit. Like if you tell me you're gonna do something you think- and you don't do it, those words are still replaying in my mind. Oh yeah. So, it's like trauma. Yeah. Is I mean, that's kind of, I mean, and it's a slight trauma, but it's a traumatic experience when, as a child, you learn this stuff. And you learn it in a bad light. Yeah, like, I still, y'all, <laughs> I'm getting emotional. Go but ahead. I still have a, I got tissue a, in here. I ain't, not, you know I ain't gonna cry, but. Um, <laughs> uh, I still have, like, it's like kind of a nightmare where, like, I can recall, like, being probably, like, five or six. And that's when, like, I was in a tomboyish phase. So, like, I would play my game and then I would go play outside. But I'm the only only child, so I'm outside playing by myself. And having a conversation with him on the phone and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to come out and we're going to go outside and we're going to play basketball. Right. So, I'm, like, excited. I'm like, shit, my daddy coming to hang with me. Little did I know. You went to go see your other family. This lady and her kids spend time all the basically all day. I'm outside till it's dark, just waiting, just waiting for you to come. And I think he showed up, and it was dark outside. And I was like, "Oh, it's okay." Meanwhile, I didn't cry my eyes out because you ain't show up. But again. you just happy that he he decided to come. And it's another thing. 
You remember I was telling you how people don't choose you? Whole child. That comes from him too. So, so we, a whole bunch let, of let the listeners know what you mean by choosing. Okay, so <laughs> when you're talking to a guy, right? And he's making you feel all the feels, the emotions, feeling like y'all getting somewhere, right? And you start to give him the privileges of a relationship. The cooch. You know, the cooch. You know, y'all taking each other out, y'all buying each other gifts, y'all spending time, you know, phone calls, little little dates, whatever, all all the works, right? (laughs) Not the works, the The fixings. The works, the fixings, (laughs) side pieces on it. Biscuit. The Popeye's one. <laughs> Drizzle some honey on it. Oh, shit. That church's biscuit. I'm, okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. And get you some sweet tea. With, with sweet already? Mm-hmm. I don't know. That do sound good. See? But um, <laughs> you you hear how good that sounds? And then... <laughs> I like how you segue back in there. <laughs> and then he starts to get distant because he done got another little shorty that he talking to. But y'all done put in time. You done put in the word. But because he not, quote-unquote, ready for you, he goes and starts to talk to somebody else. And gets in a relationship. And then he gets in a whole relationship <clears throat> with her. And you left over here to pick up the pieces and shit. Cards. Right. <laughs> what a cookie. <laughs> but how do you feel like that ties back into? Because my dad always chose people over me. Okay. But he would also... also make time for me last so he was still it would still look like he was choosing me but he was still just putting me last choosing me last not so, prioritizing yeah so i was never first so i was always the afterthought yeah so in my all of my relationships i've kind of been an afterthought like oh yeah I, her in the corner i I put her up, right I put her away you know let me come back real quick her for later yeah nobody's wanna, fucking maybe you want to spin the block around one more again because you because because right. the person that you chose really ain't shit and you like damn i was just over here and i had it good and now you think that you can just bring your ass back in here uh-uh <laughs> no sir <laughs> we not finna do this shit right like yeah i may be still single but nah you not i'm good on you i'm good don't you got you. another door to knock on oh all right but that's, I mean, and it's not to, to put all of it and say, oh, we don't have a choice in this. That's not what this conversation is about. The conversation is recognizing the patterns in your life and why those patterns are there. Where you learned to to allow some of this stuff to happen. Yeah. That might not be healthy for you because you can call it daddy issues. You can call it attachment theory. It's all the same stuff. Yeah. And until you learn how it's affecting other parts of your life you're going to keep repeating a lot of the stuff and and we're trying to be better like That's we're trying to we be all, healthier we all fucked up out here men and women but it's okay the recognize how you fucked up and change it the you know? lesson is to become self-aware because once you start to do the work in your life and yes you got to pick your life apart to build a new one but it's okay <laughs> Like, it's not that. Like, people feel like, oh, I, I can't do that. Or, oh, I'm good. Da, da, da. I'm like, bro, no, you're not. Like, you trash. I ask men, it's like when you recognize something in someone and you recognize it for what it is. Like, 
oh, this is this person's daddy issue or this is this person's issue and this is why. Mm -hmm. And then I start, what I do is I don't project, you know, I don't try to force people to try to see right. themselves but i will try to bring it to them attention gently yeah, I'm, I'm gonna ask questions. so i'm gonna ask yeah i'm gonna ask the question but like oh you know when's the last time you seen your dad and some people be like oh i ain't seen him in years or, or, or i saw him you know at the corner store he didn't even you know know who, you know, I, was. Know who I was or i saw him you know and we talked a little bit and you know it was okay and i'm just like but is it okay though? Because no. you don't even want to talk about it. It's okay for shit not to be okay, and it's okay for you as an adult to check another adult. And it's okay for you to figure out how that person's presence or lack thereof affected you as a child, and is still somehow affecting you now as an adult. Because until you can do that, it's it's gonna show up. Every listen, y'all. I'm trying to <laughs> show up. Every time, like, all that shit that was swept under the rug creeped right the fuck back out. And I saw it in every one of my relationships, whether right. it been a situationship, a real relationship, a friendship, or whatever. Like, it happens. I think the first one I realized, um, and what I thought was my only daddy issue, not, but having emotionally unavailable men. Oh Lord! Because, like I said, me and my dad had a very specific <laughs> relationship, so it was like yeah. we can do these things together. We had certain things and activities we did together. We'd sit and watch TV. We can sit in silence. I can sit in silence with my dad and be the most comfortable, beautiful silence. I love it. I mm -hmm. miss it, you know. But when I think about the men I've allowed in my life, they have those same qualities. Even up to me not being able to talk to them about emotional stuff in some ways. Mm -hmm. And so, you gotta know. You, you gotta yeah. know how the, how you're, how are you still dating your dad right now? Right. I know it sounds weird. <laughs> but it's the truth. But it's, it's for the shock value of getting you to kind of start paying attention. Because we can complain all we want to about the state of the dating sphere out here. But what are we going to do about it? Right. It. I think I, I just posted earlier today, and I was just like, you know, people only going to do what you allow them to do. People can only give you as much rope as you give them. And so if you're just dishing stuff out and you don't know the quality of what you're giving them, you don't know why you want to give it to them, <laughs> why you're allowing this person to have a space in your life. And... And then you're shocked with the results over and over and over again. Like, the problem, the common denominator is me. Yeah. <laughs> I've also known that that um the, the love and affection that I didn't get from my dad or family in general is the love that I search for mm -hmm. in my relationships. And sometimes it's like I'm so stuck on looking for something that... I, that I just kind of fall into a trap, I guess. Mm -hmm. Or if, if if someone does, like, overly does something or does something right off the bat, I'm like, oh, my God. Mm -hmm. And then when I look at it. It's like, it's this like, soup sandwich. Really? I really <laughs> feel for that shit. But, you know, it happens. But I, we got to keep doing the work, man. Right. I think the opposite for me is the, damn, what you just said the the I have the affection mm -hmm. so for me I take that and if somebody gives me affection I'm like oh they love me mm -hmm. 
they love me they love me you know they're interested in me they're just awesome they just oh and that person probably ain't really shit you know or either i get so caught up in that i think we've talked about how passion is like a form of a a drug for us Mm -hmm. in some capacity and i take that and i apply it apply that to these romantic relationships and it's just like okay because i had all this affection you know the love i love you or you know the laying on his chest and falling asleep right if I had that, I was I was perfectly fine as a child, even though we weren't talking. But that doesn't work nope. when a, when you're talking about a romantic partner. So you just you got to to figure some be more balanced in right. what we were asking of the people that are coming into our life. Yeah, because I know with my dad, like how he showed up in like our relationship, like you know spending time when he did spend time so i'm just like with in a relationship i'm just like oh they want to spend time with me no matter no matter what form it comes in i'm just like oh my god he's into me ain't take you out on one day but then (laughs) i haven't required him to take me out i haven't required him to do anything else Mm -hmm. all he had to do was come over and be in my presence and I thought that was okay. Mm-hmm. And it's like, now it's like, oh, hell no. The fuck? Like, <laughs> what is this? <laughs> we, this ain't gonna work well. Right. And you, you couple that with the, the norm that we've created for, especially our age group, of not being too emotionally available to people. Um, and chill shit. Right? The Netflix and chill, the situationships, the... I'm going to give you a little, but I want a lot, you know. Or I only come see you when it's dark. After dark. I'm sorry. Um, So, <laughs> I love that song. But, yeah. I mean, when you couple our own daddy issues with the collective daddy issues, mm-hmm. it's a hot-ass mess out a here. hot-ass mess. If we don't have these conversations and sit and have these conversations with ourselves and actually go and have these conversations with the other people that are in our lives... Y'all, listen. we gonna stay a hot ass mess. I don't know who told y'all that healing was all cute and shit. Cause it's not. I ain't trying to be 40 and be a hurt. hot ass mess. This shit hurt. It's some days that you don't even understand what the fuck going on. Like, you just be like, okay, like, I know I'm, I know that I'm working. I know I'm doing stuff right. I know that I'm I'm trying to pick apart my life. But why does shit feel like this? Like, I'm confused. I don't understand. It's going to be plenty of days like that. But when you do the work, it's a benefit. They know this. If you've been listening to the LBF pod, I you know I have to keep repeating this. myself because yes. the right person ain't heard it yet, obviously. Because <laughs> they don't want to do the work. Yeah. So... I don't know anything else we missed in this conversation. I, did we, we did good. We, we didn't did cry. Good. We, did good. we didn't cry. We got didn't. a little choked up, but you know. I thought the um, I, I'm gonna read verbatim what I wrote, but you go ahead. You, no, you I, had something. I was trying to look at see if we missed anything. <laughs> um, so I read what I wrote and how I came up with this concept, and then y'all can let us know if you want us to do a mommy issues one. Y'all can let us know your thoughts about the daddy issues and. Yeah, so let me read this and we'll close this out. So I put, the hard truth is that I keep men around past their expiration date because I've been conditioned to forgive the toxic behaviors of men. Most importantly, I've normalized moving forward with these men. As a child, I was the first to offer up forgiveness to a father who battled alcoholism and drug dependency. 
forgiving the terror and anxiety he caused because that's how you love. Realizing that this is my pattern and allowing the microaggressions to be securely housed in my connections with others. Um, and I usually did this until something major or extreme forced my hand to end the connection. With one ex, it took him cheating for me to move to move on. Never mind the endless and countless times he broke his promises and disappeared without notice. With another, he was emotionally neglectful. But I stood, but I stayed until he ended the connection. Um, and that's going back to if I thought that at the core they were good, then I could forgive and I could move forward the same as I did with my dad. Similarly, ooh, messed that up. <laughs> Similarly, if these men exhibited harmful behavior like manipulation, passive aggressiveness, and things like that, even financial abuse. I could use the example of when they were good to quell my hurt and then I can continue in my connection with them. So in this season in my life, I'm aware now because I wasn't for a long time of how those daddy issues were showing up and why I kept dating men with a lot of the same kind of issues. <laughs> but now that I'm aware, I can start to heal one and then change my behavior in response to this right. because I don't know. A lot of people say you you attract certain people in. And I think sometimes you can attract certain type of people. But I think once you heal, you attract everybody, you know. So you get the good with the bad. I really feel like you just, that's just how it works. It's not like you can hone in on one person, one type of person you can attract into your atmosphere. I think it's just a thing where you just attract anybody. But... I can now be aware of when I need to end those connections when they're not healthy for me because I know what to look for. Right. I know where my priorities are and what I need. And I know where my weaknesses are mm -hmm. and what to like be like, oh, girl, you know, you said you forgave him last time. This is time number three. Right. What you doing? And then just cut it off there. And sometimes I need to cut it off on the first try. Right. <laughs> Setting them boundaries. Yes, boundaries. Listen. <laughs> so, anything else before we close this out? No. <laughs> Y'all know think us. It was good. Yeah. Um, I really don't have much to to say other than what was already said, and and your little, little my little note card. Your little note card was a lot. I was like, shit, I ain't got no no card. Well, that's how, that's why it's like that's how I came up with it, and I'll yeah. I'll also be writing a blog post about it for those of you that like to read. And the blog post will go a little bit more in depth with you know the personal, um, and how I'll try to apply that to my life as well. But yeah, I don't want to leave y'all off on a somber note. But y'all know we'll be back with a, a funny episode you at know, some point. You know how we do. <laughs> Yeah, so but this was needed. Yeah, because this healing is not always going to be fun, mm -hmm. and that's what this is. So, I, if you listening to this and you about to go into work, I'm sorry. <laughs> Yo, listen. <laughs> After this, turn on some good music, and, you know, and rock out. But also, when you go into work, I need you to take out your notepad and your pen and write, and you know, start to pick apart your life because yeah, there's work to be done, you guys. 
Um, my counselor actually gave me some homework where it's kind of like that same thing, but that is good advice to leave off on. So builders, if you're listening, um, do what I did. And when you start thinking about how the first person, the first man you learned how to love or the first person that you felt, you know, real love for and had that connection with, which is your father, um, take out that paper and write the good, the bad, the in-between, and how all of that is translating into your connections or has translated because some of you may have been doing a really great job from healing from that stuff. Mm -hmm. And some of you may not have even thought about it until you heard this episode. And so either way, you guys know you can hit me up. You can DM me if you just want to talk. I have people that do that all the time. (laughs) So you can hit me up on Instagram. K Antoinette underscore underscore the blogger or you can follow the let's build futures page at let's underscore build underscore futures on Instagram let's build futures.com is also still up and running Ooh. you can still leave a comment read the blog post there and uh yeah you can also if you're listening you're probably listening on Spotify Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, but all the avenues not all of them, not yet. I'm getting better it's at coming. this, y'all. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. So go ahead and let them know where they can follow you. Um, on IG is uniformed underscore beauty. Um, Twitter is Danny's Thoughts nineteen. <laughs> you know, cause you know my thoughts. You know, I just be out there. I be, I really just be talking to myself, but whatever. Um, but you know. Y'all can DM me too. I don't. I don't mind. I might seem a little rough around the edges because I am rough around the edges, but <laughs> I'm nice. We can talk and come up with some more uh content for Let's Build Futures. Yeah, and if y'all have any suggestions about what you want to hear, what you want to discuss, if you want to be on the show, let me know. We can make it happen. It's avenues for that to happen. And I'm always down for a good-ass conversation because we're building the conversations that help us make better decisions for our futures. So until next time, listen, like, share, subscribe, leave a comment, a five-star rating, please. Thank you. And I'll talk to y'all next time. Bye. Peace. Love and hair grease. Hey, what's up, builders? It's Kay Antoinette, the blogger, back again. And I I don't know. I, I left off the episode feeling like I still wanted to talk about the positive aspects of my dad because he was a very beautiful and a very complex and complicated person. And I think that's the truth for a lot of our fathers, not in any way using that as an excuse. But for me personally, I have so many beautiful and fond memories with my dad. He used to babysit me. We'd watch cartoons and documentaries all day. He used to do my hair, wash me, feed me. We would go whole days without really talking outside of him trying to see what I needed, you know? So that's where I get a lot of my personality from as far as being stoic, as far as being a little bit more quiet. Um, And when I think about a lot of the things in my adulthood, that I admire about myself or that are good qualities, healthy qualities, they come from my dad. You know, I have a lot from my mom, but my dad is is in there heavy too. And so I just wanted to plug that in kind of to pay homage to my dad 
because he's no longer here with me. I only have one, right? We only get one. And while we can talk about our daddy issues and be honest about the ways that these people, imperfect beings, affected our growth, um, I think it's important for us to humanize them too so that we can heal better from it. And I hope that you can take something from this episode and do that same thing in your journey. So while you're looking at your life, tracing back what those daddy issues may be, also highlight the good stuff. You know, highlight the things about the positive things from your parent that you now do in your life as an adult. You know, that is just as important as the bad stuff, you know. So I don't I, I love this conversation and I hope that you take this conversation and you not only have this with yourself, but that you, that you take it and you have it with your siblings, you have it with your other family members, you have it with your friends, because maybe they need to talk about some things about, you know, daddy issues or something and they don't even realize it. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's such a good conversation. And after this is over, I hope that you continue to have it. And I'll see you back for the next episode. Bye.